solo mente. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Texans podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm John, some sports guy Hickman, always joined by my co-host, the greatest co-host in the world, Cody Davis. Thanks for making Locked On Texans your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Cody, we got a show to do. We do it Monday through Friday, so we can't stop now. I hope we get listeners. People probably know with this team. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Go ahead and let the folks know what we have on today's rundown for the show. Yes, sir. And, of course, on this recap Monday of Locked On Texans, we're going to talk about what was the worst performance in franchise history, recapping the Houston Texans' 40 to nothing loss to the Buffalo Bills. So, of course, we're going to talk about that. In the second segment, we're going to talk about the defense. And then in the third segment, John and I are going to discuss what is going on with the bad decision-making going on with David Cully and this coaching staff. But, John, listeners, we're going to get this show kicked off. We're talking about the offense. And And more so for me, John, I'm looking at this from a standpoint that The Houston Texans are failing Davis Mills. And I wanted to bring that up because remember in OTAs and training camp, we we were raving about how good Tyrod Taylor looked. Mm -hmm. And remember, every time we talked about Tyrod Taylor and we talked about the possibility of the Houston Texans looking competitive throughout this season, One of the one things I always kept going back to was what the Houston Texans are going to do if Tyrod Taylor get hurt. Because everybody did. did. Because nobody never really questioned the talent that Taylor has. He's always been one of the most underrated quarterbacks in this league. And we saw this through the first six quarters that he played. But everyone wanted to know, what are you going to do? Because you can't depend on Jeff Driscoll. He's on a practice squad for my God. And then you have Davis Mills, who, of course, this could be an ideal situation for a rookie quarterback. But this is an unproven rookie quarterback who really didn't even play college football. And the fact that they threw him out there. And by the way, I don't want to just look on and crap on the performance from Davis Mills by saying the Texans failed him in that aspect, because I do want to give credit where credit is due. Last week's game against the Carolina Panthers, he did have a decent outing. But the fact that you, the fact that the Texans were forced to put Davis Mills out there on the field in the game in which the weather played a factor, oh in the game gosh. is which, in a game in which your run game for the third consecutive time was non-existent. This was a recipe for disaster for Davis Mills. And I'm looking at this and I'm saying to myself, the Houston Texans are putting this unproven rookie quarterback in a situation where it's going to kill his confidence. And I don't see a situation where he's going to be able to bounce back from this. John and listeners, to understand how bad the Houston Texans were, With Davis Mills at quarterback, to understand how bad the Houston Texans offense was against the against the Buffalo Bills, this is a team entering the fourth quarter had a negative eight 
in passing yards. And by the way, that was an improvement because entering halftime, there was at a negative 22. John, listeners, this offense was atrocious throughout the game. You could look at the offensive line. You could look at Davis Mills. You could look at the run game. I don't even know who to put this loss on, but I want to say that the Houston Texans are failing Davis Mills because they are forced to go out there with an unproven rookie quarterback. This is why they need to, and they better do it by later on today. They need to go out there and sign a veteran quarterback because I don't care if it was Deshaun Watson out there on the field, Tyrod Taylor, or Cam Newton. The Texans were going to struggle this game because of the weather. And by the way, you was going up against a top five defense in the league. But it, it just made it 10 times worse that, that they had to go out there and do it with an unproven rookie quarterback like Davis Mills. By the way, Davis Mills for the game only threw for 87 yards, completing 11 out of his 21 pass attempts and not one, not two, not three, but four interceptions. Rough All day for Davis Mills. Rough day. All of the questions that we had surrounding Davis Mills was on full display on yesterday. Rough day for Davis Mills. It recorded a total QBR of 0.8. Mm. That's the worst QBR game in the last three seasons. And you're saying that the Texans are failing him. And what I want to say is, I think what we're now finally setting into is reality. Okay? The reality of the situation is, ladies and gentlemen and viewers, and make sure you subscribe to the Locked On Texas podcast on YouTube. Check us out on all of the major podcasting platforms. The reality of the situation is this guy was never ready. The reality of the situation is coming into this season, the question marks surrounding whether or not the quarterback room needed somebody else, and they were, I would call Houston oblivious to it. Okay, you're in the fourth game of the year. Your quarterback goes down two games ago, and you bring up Jeff Driscoll from the practice squad. Is that your backup? Okay, because realistically, this game was still winnable at halftime. Texas, I think, exactly sixteen to zero or thirteen to zero. And John, I'm sorry to cut you off, John, but that's I think that's why I'm having the most issues with this is because you go back ever since Davis Mills took over for for Tyrod Taylor in that second game against the Cleveland Browns. Every single one of these games at some point was winnable. Very winnable. And in any normal situation, that quarterback would have been yanked from the game how bad he was playing. Okay, maybe we need to change the pace. Who are you going to yank him for? Jeffrey? Huh? Come on. So you're looking at the the team that's filling him. I I would say yes because – there isn't a backup plan for him right now. They're going to have to ride him out for the next couple of games. And offensively, okay, attention to some type of order to this coaching staff, right? Because we're looking at why are they calling these mundane plays? Why are they calling this vanilla style of offense? And the question that I – the answer I would have to that question is maybe because they know what we are trying to look around. Well, maybe he can do this, or maybe you no, know, maybe they know that maybe he can't do any of those things. And they did go up against the Buffalo Bills defense, like you mentioned, a top five defense in the league. Tredavious White followed Brandon Cook throughout the entire game. So one of the best corners in the game is taken out currently, one of the best receivers in the game. And Houston does not have a supporting cast offensively to get some more things going. The tight end group as a unit, something that people have been 
the many the media members, you guys that have been at the games, the viewers, the fans, something that people like the tight ends, the tight ends, they have been non-existent. Okay. Anthony Miller, I can't give too much blame to him. He's still trying to work his way back after being traded uh, a few weeks into the offseason and then get hurt in game one. So he's trying to work his way back. But overall, offensively, you guys had extra days to game plan for this Buffalo Bills defense. And I did a podcast early in the week with the overdue Bills. Uh, and I want to say I mentioned it on, on this show as well in the crossover. And I'm like, with these extra games, extra days rather, the Texans offensively should be able to scheme up a way to get their running backs in the best position to succeed. And once again, I'm seeing running backs dance too much. Mark Ingram is doing everything he possibly can in his age. But I don't want to see – I'll save that for later. But what they're doing on the field with these play calls, to me, ladies and gentlemen, it signals he's not ready, he's not grasping it, Okay. So we got to do whatever we got to do to get out of this game before the clock hits zero. And then next week, we got to do the same thing. We're going to wait till we get back, till we get Tyrod Taylor back. Because I'll mention this. The Texans are still second in the AFC South. This division doesn't have an undefeated team. This division has teams that has two or more losses. Okay? And so I'm not giving nobody hope. I'm, what I'm saying is this game was still winnable at halftime. Last week's game was still winnable at halftime. The Cleveland Browns game when Tyrod Taylor went down, that was still winnable at halftime. They would have to lead at halftime, as a matter of fact. Houston, figure it out. Figure it out, man. Don't, don't put this kid back on the field without having a backup plan because if he goes out next week against the Patriots at home, mm, he's going to mm, get booed mm. off the field. He's going to get booed off the field, man. And, and this, Go find a quarterback not named Jeffrey Driscoll. Go find <laughs> somebody that you can – because uh, as Aaron Wilson alluded to uh, last week when we talked to him last, go find somebody that you can actually sign and bring in some help because you're exactly. not getting it from that quarterback room right now. And my question is, when Tyrod Taylor gets back, how far along or far back will he used to be to where we clearly know they're tanking? Because yesterday's game hmm. looks like a tank to me. Exactly. And John, before we move on and talk about the defense, because I know it's probably going to take a whole extra day to just really break down how bad this offense was. But going back to the Davis Mills situation, this is what I was afraid of, because at the end of the day, all of this is just going to hinder this man's confidence to develop into what you and I thought was going to be at least a decent quarterback at some point throughout his career. The fact that they didn't have nobody that they can turn to to make that substitution says a lot about where the Houston Texans are in the quarterback situation. By the way, before moving on, I do want to touch on once again, this terrible one run game. I do agree with you. Um, Philip Lindsay, should not be on the field no longer for the Houston Texans. Ever since the game against the Jacksonville Jaguars, this is an offense that has only recorded, that has only rushed for an average of 57.3 yards on the ground. Guess how many yards they rushed for against the Jacksonville Jaguars? 160. David Johnson needs to go. Phillip Lindsay needs to go. Rex Burkhead needs to go. What's the reasons of, of naming five running backs when three of the five, you can't get nothing out of. Then the one guy, and by the way, Scotty Phillips was, was only um inactive because he did have some kind of like minor illness or whatever. It wasn't COVID, but he should be back with the team this week. But 
once again, he seems like that could be based off of preseason. That seems like that could be your second best running back, and you don't want to play him. You're only going to activate him for freaking special teams. Don't get it. I'm I'm sorry, John and listeners. I, I I'm pretty sure you guys can tell, but I am highly upset by the performance that the Houston Texans put on in Buffalo. Rightfully so. I do want to say we didn't get an opportunity to open the show with it. Davis Mills went 11 for 21, for 87 yards, zero touchdowns, four interceptions. As Cody alluded to, the running back depth chart as a whole, 18 carries, 48 yards, 2.7 yards per catch. A couple of fumbles, one loss. I will say this. I, you know, I can't wait to talk about the defense in total. They had about 80 tackles yesterday. And overall, there's a little bit more I want to get into, so we'll just switch over and talk about that coming up. We are frustrated here at the Locked On Texans podcast because we do love what we what we do with this team, but they're missing out a lot, and I can't wait to dive more into it. Hey, Texans fans, NFL fans, this is your boy. We're friends, Johnson Sports Guy Hickman. I'm here to tell you about an incredible app everybody who buy gas needs to know about. Get Upside. My listeners are making up to $0.25 cent for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN for NFL, baseball for MLB, or hockey for NHL. We got everybody covered. Every fan base, you're covered right now. And get an extra bonus, $0.25 cent per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cent cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Again, just download the app for free. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN for NFL. Baseball for MLB or hockey for NHL. Once again, everybody, welcome back in. Thank you for making the Locked On Texans your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, especially YouTube. Go ahead and make sure you subscribe to the Locked On Texans podcast on YouTube. Cody, I'm going to let you start off real quick, but you know, I think we may have... We may have different views, but I think people are getting lost in translation right now with this defense. Hmm. Yeah, they are. Look, to me, I mean, I I know it's kind of hard to say it because the Texans defense did give up 40 points. But, John, listeners, I want to say this. That defense played good on yesterday. And I said it because when you look at this final score and you see 40 points on the board, it literally could have been 60 or 70 if it wasn't for the not for the four defensive red zone stops that the Texans defense got. And I love that. And the only reason why, and you go back and take a look at that game, and John, I know you're going to get to it, but when you go back and take a look at the game, the only reason why the Buffalo Bills started just bombarding the Texans with touchdowns because the defense got tired. Watch this. Let me tell you guys something. And I, I will say, like I mentioned, like Cody mentioned, like I'm saying, defense played as well as they could throughout the game. We see those 40 points on the board. <clears throat> and people were like, well, what is Lovey Smith do, doing? Is his defense outdated? The Bills scored 21 points off turnovers and punting in the second half alone. Okay? 21 points. <laughs> The first came off a punt, the second came off that fumble, and then lastly, that interception. That happened twice in the first half alone. The inability of Houston's offense to sustain drives is what aided in Buffalo dropping a 40-piece with no size on Houston heads. Five drives with under two minutes of time possession. Five drives. I went back and counted. Two minutes or less 
for the time of possession. Total of the time of possession battle, excuse me, was 38 to 21 in favor of Buffalo. Five drives of negative yards. And, oh, my God, like we mentioned earlier, if Phillip Lindsay touched the ball again, Houston Texans fans should riot. They got a home game against Patriots next week, so we'll see how that goes. Because another game of another game of negative rushing yards from him in no way is a testament to what Lovey Smith has done with this defense. And by the way, they forced four fumbles, didn't capitalize on them. Uh, they were in position to do so, but they did. The ground did touch the ball. The, I'm sorry, the ball did touch the ground four times. And shout out to Tweet Through It. Y'all know who Tweet Through It is, right? Lonnie Johnson. Got his first NFL pick, and, and I can't wait to go back to watch film because I think he had a decent game uh, overall. And by um, the way, John, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I think one of those forced fumbles that the Texans were unfortunate to recover, I think one of them did come from Lonnie Johnson. May have. May have. And like I said, I think about everything, he was a bright spot. Um, and I think Houston played a very good version of the bend but don't break style of defense. The offense also cost them – 53 penalty yards. And if I'm not mistaken, they were one of nine on third down. Don't tell us about how you should have did better with Davis Mill and the play call and, and then go out the next game and do the same thing, okay? Because now if you're limiting him, you're also going to limit your defense and what they can do. The Buffalo Bills had the ball for 38 minutes. 38 minutes. And, yes, we can look at Houston. I think Whitney Merciless, by the way, leads the team in sacks. I don't think anybody saw that coming. But Houston had moments throughout this game on the defensive side of the ball where they were making plays, right? I mentioned the bend, don't break defense. They were – Buffalo Bills was in red zone several times and didn't always come out with that touchdown. They created turnovers. They created pressure. But if you're on the field – for 38 minutes, and your offense can't get a lick of anything going, one for nine on, on, on third down, Cody. They were two for 11 on converting between third and fourth down. Two for 11. So, Lovey, and, and we mentioned in the offseason, and I, I want to bring it right back up just really quick. We mentioned that if this defense as a whole is hovering around between 20 to 25, then we're okay with what we're seeing. And that's where Houston's defense is right now. Another Sunday with, with a, a turnover. Houston's offense is what, you know, we shine that light on frauds. It'll be Houston's offense right now. How they performed yesterday with extra days is unacceptable and it's seeking over, seeping over to the defense. I thought they played well. 40, 40 points does not do them justice on the totality of what we saw from yesterday's game. And nothing in terms of when you take a look at how, <laughs> take a look at the final numbers of the Buffalo Bills offense, do, do justice to how good that the Texans defense actually played. John, you know, we just, we just talked about Lonnie Johnson. We just talked about how the Texans were, their, their raid zone defense was awesome until, you know, they got tired towards the end of the game. But I also want to mention, if I'm not mistaken, Whitney Merciless had the only sack that the Houston Texans recorded that game. But go back and watch film. They pressured Josh Allen. They got they created pressure on Josh Allen several times, and it forced Allen to make a lot of questionable decisions to try to try to get rid of the ball to avoid the sack. 
everybody, well, not everybody, but nearly every part of the Texans' defense came to play. Yeah, there were some moments where you looked and was like, oh, man, why was this guy wide open in coverage? What was the help defense? Why did they not seal the edge? But most of, most of those problems came midway through the third quarter because the Texans' offense could not sustain their drive, which means the Texans' defense was always on the field. On the and it field. doesn't matter if you have the 85 Bears or, you know, the 2013 um, Seattle Seahawks. What was their nickname? The Legion of Boom. If they're on the field for how many minutes were the, were the Texans' defense on the field? 38 minutes? 38 minutes. The Bills that's had the ball off 38 minutes. That's going to affect any type of defense. So, once again, I understand you look at the final numbers. All of those major numbers came towards the middle of the third quarter because the defense just got tired. If, John, if there was a MVA you could give out, once again, it has to go to Lovey Smith. Yeah, it doesn't. And I want to really quick, it was 480 total yards. They rushed for nearly 200 on the ground. I think it was at 190 or 199. Um, and, and kudos to the Bills. The, the Bills, you know, okay, what they came into this game with a, a 17 and a half favor. Favorite, right? And people, this is the NFL. That's too much. What do you expect? What do you, they just, they're playing these young quarterbacks. And I, this is a point that I wanted to highlight. They played the, uh, the Miami Dolphins. They played another young quarterback in the, was it the Jets? They just played. No, it was the Washington football team. Washington. That was the second, the second game they won. So they played Taylor Haneke and they played an injury prone to a tug of a lower. What do you expect? Do you expect Davis Mills is going to be different? No, not at all. And, and this is their second game where they held their opponents to zero points. So this Bills team is for real. Um, and I thought Houston's defense did a very good job of, of what they could have done. Yes, there were opportunities out there that they missed out on. But if you're on the field for that amount of time, if your offense has five drives – of two minutes or less, what the hell do you expect for me to do? Today, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all of the entertainment you love without the hassle. Direct TV stream brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV life together with Direct TV stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. I also want to tell you guys about my favorite protein bar on the market. That's Bill Bar. And this week they have the limited time flavor of cookie dough chunk. They also have nine regular delicious flavors. Peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, the cherry, the raspberry, the coconut, salted caramel, which is making a push to be one of my favorites. They got everything for everybody. And if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Bill Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. Okay? Well, how about you do this? Go to BillBar.com and use promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BillBar.com. Once again, thanks for making the Locked on Texans your first listen every day. Now make the second listen, the Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson give you the NFL expert analysis in under 30 minutes. It's free and available on all platforms. Cody, you know what was funny to me today? 
<laughs> what was it? So, you know, we get those comments, the notifications from the Locked On Texans YouTube page, and uh, they're mm-hmm. always either funny or insightful. Or I love to, I love the engagement, right? Well, okay, six hours ago, and this was on the which episode was this? This was on how Texans quarterback Davis Mills compares to other rookies. Six hours ago, and I'm not going to say his name because I don't know if you have consent, but a listener or a viewer under the comment section said he's not the answer, and they know that Davis Mills is truly Davis Mills ain't is truly ain't nothing but a backup. They were going to draft and give them a future quarterback. Keep your eye on Carson Strong, the quarterback from Nevada. Okay. Also, another comment, which is I thought was even funnier. This guy's horrible. Maybe an XFL team would work out for him. Hmm, they don't have XFL no more. Exactly. So, <laughs> I think it might right be coming back in 2023, but nah. Just, yeah, I think the Rock and, and he has a he has a group. The Rock has a group that he uh, he's gonna mm. look to bring it back. But let's get back to the Texans. You know, um, we talked about how the Texans are failing Davis Mills, but I know you kind of wanted to uh, share your own thoughts a little bit more about that. Yeah, look, John, listeners, this I just want to touch on really quick, and I know we're going to get into we're going to dive in more to, on tomorrow's show on how bad the Texans' offense was. But, John and listeners, I refuse to believe that David Culley is the only head coach making these baffle calls because this is the third game in a row where you and I have to take a moment and talk about the questionable decision-making coming from David Culley. And I don't care if it's Tim Kelly. I don't care if it's Jack Easterby. I don't care if it's Nick Casario. And the reason why I'm saying those other two names is because there are rumors that they are actually the ones calling the shots on the field. But at the end of the day, all of this is going to fall back on David Culley. And it's making him look like a bad coach, a terrible coach. And I hate to say it, an inexperienced coach. And, John, really quick, like I mentioned, this is the third game in a row because in the game against the Cleveland Browns, the one play everybody was, you know, kind of baffled about. It was third down, one of the Cleveland Browns defensive linemen jumped offsides and set the Texans up midfield for fourth and two. They had an opportunity to repeat the third down, and Davis and David Cully decides to kick the punt. A lot of people stalled off by that. But he came out and said he made the mistake and – You know, if he had to do it all over again, he would. Okay, fine. We gave you a pass. The game against the Carolina Panthers, there were several calls where we look back and say, hey, not only was it, you know, kind of a done move, but it actually kind of cost you the game because I think when you take a look at the last three games, that was the most winnable game of all, especially when Christian McCaffrey went down. And one of the plays that still gets me was the fact that it was what? third and 17 and you decide to hand it off to David Johnson deep in your own territory and he only got two yards from it okay and his excuse was that he was trying to protect Davis Mills and whatnot and and, you know we gave him another pass but for the third game in a row John and listeners we are starting to run it out we are starting to run out of patience and we're starting to run it out giving David Cully John I, I understand you said it but going back to this game, John, <laughs> going back to this game, the one – I don't want to call it a play call, but the one decision-making that got me was fourth and, and third, I believe, or fourth and second on a Buffalo Bills six-yard line. Uh, I wish 
David Culley and the Texans would have kicked that field goal. Yeah, I, I, and you I know what? I knew that we were going to disagree on that. And, and no, 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 no. I understand it because I get it. You're playing against the Buffalo Bills who are coming into this game. They averaged 39 points. And even David Culley said at the end of the game that, you know, playing against a high-power offense like this, you want to get, get as many points on the board as possible. The only reason why I wanted to see the Texans kick that field goal, because at that point, you're looking at a situation where the Buffalo Bills would be down three to nothing. And remind you, that drive was coming off of after Josh Allen threw an interception. The weather was playing into playing into a factor for both of the mm-hmm. offense and even more so for the Buffalo Bills because they could not get into a rhythm at all. If the Texans would have gotten some type of points on the board on that drive, then maybe, just maybe, I, I'm not, I'm not Doctor Strange. I can't, you know, take this situation and go into a whole different multi universe and see what, what the outcome would have been if they would have kicked the field goal. But I'm looking at this from a standpoint of if the Texans would have gotten some points on the board after Josh Allen threw that interception, maybe, just maybe, it would have kept. The Buffalo Bills, at least from the first half, I see you shaking your head, but at least in the first quarter, at least in the first half, from finding their rhythm as early as they did in this game. Not at all. Uh, You know what? There are a lot of questionable calls, but I I think when you're playing a team as good as the Buffalo Bills, you have the 10 yard line. But once again, and not only is the weather a a, a concern, who is your quarterback? Who is your quarterback? This is not Deshaun Watson or Tyrod Taylor. Doesn't matter where you drafted or you are you an NFL quarterback. It doesn't matter. You're inside. You're on the six yard line. I'm okay with that because at the end of the day, it's either seven or zero. And in Houston case, they got stuck with zero throughout the entire game. Threes wasn't going to win that game. Only seven points were. Now we'll say this: it wasn't the fact that they went for it. It was that bogus play call. Well, that too. And when that happened, I tweeted. So are y'all still trying to protect them? But you just said that you regretted trying to protect them. You just said that you kind of wish you would have, you know, in so many words, did things differently in regards to how you would have let him be more free with that offense. I, I hated that play call. But the decision itself, absolutely, I'm okay with it. I will say this, you know, Davis, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, David Cully is an inexperienced head coach. And I mentioned this when we had Big Shards on. I said, how long – until those excuses run out. Hmm. How long until we say, well, you know what? Nah, I'm not buying that. Because it's not only you, but you have a Super Bowl attending head coach on your, on your squad. You have, uh, uh, you got a lot of Robert Prince. You got uh, Pep Hemphrey. You got experienced coaches around you, okay? Somebody got to say something a little differently. The, the, the Texans yesterday, man, they went to bed. Rolled over in it, went to bed again, and went right back to sleep. Now they, they did a little did. bit more than went to bed, man. I don't want to say what did. they actually did. They they uh they're in a position right now where and, and at this point, guys, we're just having a casual conversation. We're gonna get out of here. But the, the, the Texans are in a position where yes, they've done some good things, but the Texans are in a position where they overvalued units, positions, or players when it's certain, like they overvalue what they thought they were going to get out of that running game. They undervalue the wide receiver position. They overvalue the understanding and, and having, you know, some sense of 
urgency of your quarterback room. Okay, they 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 overvalue Tyrod Taylor and Davis Mills together. They undervalue the fact that Tyrod Taylor, not to his point, he's been getting hurt. He has not been reliable. They over you know who else has been not reliable in his career right now? Davis Mills. He ain't played that much in college. So they they overvalue those two. Well, if this doesn't work out, we can go to this guy. And they undervalued the fact of none of them, neither one of those guys have been able to stay healthy in the last couple of years for this NFL or the collegiate level. That's just how I feel right now. But they are they have also been on record. This is from Nick Casario, the GM, that they are valuing, which is not what we're seeing, overvaluing a little bit, evaluation. And they're undervaluing winning games. I'm Jonathan Sports Guy Hickman. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. Follow me on Twitter at Some Sports Guy. Take those same couple thumbs. Slide over to YouTube. Subscribe to the Locked On Texans page. Uh, Locked On Texans on YouTube. Subscribe, like, and comment. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, it's Cody, C O T Y D A V I S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.